0: Welcome to a special Encore presentation of Compassion Radio.
1: People are moving to cities all over the world. Already over half of the world lives in cities, and we're expecting that to go up to about two-thirds by 2050. If we look back in the Bible, to be honest, the Acts of the Apostles were also all about urban missions. This is nothing new to God, and there's a whole lot we can learn from them, which we can apply today.
0: The Kingdom of God is on the move, and Compassion Radio is here to bring that story to you. I'm Bram Floria here to welcome you to the places where the unseen kingdom is engaged in a hidden spiritual battle for the hearts and minds of this generation. We're glad to have you along for today's journey into the heart of it all. For the past two days, I've had the honor of exploring the current state of the church around the world with John White, missiologist, missionary, seminary professor and a first-hand witness to the profound struggle facing the Church in Ukraine. Through almost a decade of war, the believers there have not given up their calling to reach their country, their neighbors, and all of Europe, Asia, and Africa with a genuine, dynamic gospel. In a lot of ways, they've been behind the spiritual front lines for decades now, as spies for hope and insurgents for the truth. I don't say that lightly. For all the Christians I've met there understand that as dangerous as the situation is right now in a shooting war, it would be far more dangerous to abandon their posts in the spiritual war that rages all around them. And we need to stand with them in that fight, for it has eternal consequences. My conversation with John has covered a lot of ground, but it's no hypothetical discussion. This man sees ministry from the trenches, not an ivory tower. We'll reboot the conversation from yesterday with a recap on how the subject of modern Christianity fits into the scope of history and what we get or often don't understand about the rich and diverse fabric that is the living church in the 21st century. Thanks for tuning our way today. The full range of Protestantism in that country would look very different than what we would expect Protestant to be in America. You have a history in Ukraine and in Russia that is unique, but we all have the roots going back from the same root. Mm -hmm. Americans, of course, especially modern American evangelicals, cannot conceive of the fact they are a branch, Mm -hmm. not the tree. Mm -hmm. And that to be a branch means you're humble enough to let the root feed you. And if Jesus can give us that metaphor, saying, I am the root, you are the branches— Anchor yourself in me, that we have a history here, and the world did not just get born the day we were. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't engender a lot of humility in America. We like independence and self-made everything. And, you know, it's it's a fiction to ourselves because we don't exist without the help and the identity and the uh, assistance, the families, the communities that we actually are born to. Nobody is truly independent. We know that if -hmm. we just sit down and admit it for a while. But it's still hard when things change so radically. We want the other person to change so they can get along with us. We really don't want to face how much it's going to cost us to allow somebody else to change and to meet them there Mm -hmm. and to let God change us to be open again. We don't want to be open anymore. I mean, Mm -hmm. I sense that in the church in general. And God is going to open us whether we like it or not, because Mm -hmm. his family is not a closed loop. He expected us to actually go out there and evangel means to bring out the good news, to tell Mm -hmm. the great story, let everyone hear it. It wasn't about forcing everyone into it or excluding everybody out of it. It wasn't Mm -hmm. about defining who is and who is not. Mm -hmm. Evangelism was about living and declaring and showing so that anybody who has the ears and eyes to see it could say, I love that. I mm-hmm. want to know that, God. That's all it was supposed to be. I really believe we stepped away from a lot of that by making it about identity politics and about social issues and about politics in general and about state power. So, again, big concepts. Mm-hmm. I want to circle back around for you because you you have this experience. You're back and forth to UETS. You're kind of in the middle of helping to define what the future is going to be of missiology and what missions will look like. And other people will study what you did in the century as you're developing it, what is God pinging your heart for? What is he telling you this is the next step? This is the next thing that's new. This is the new thing I'm doing. Mm
1: -hmm. Well, I would have to say that two things really come to mind. One is that we need to understand, and I guess the two are really connected. The first, and something that UATS really resonates with, and I know that Yvonne has been trying to make resonate throughout the whole school, not everyone maybe shares exactly his uh, (laughs) love for it, but it's this idea of holistic mission. The mission, um, of course, is rooted in the word. Is rooted with yes. the need for salvation, the need for relationship with Christ, the need to be transformed into a new creature in Christ. But people are whole, right? They need yeah. uh, physical help and uh, psychological help and emotional. And I, I really do like that UATS has this broad spectrum of programs. And I, I'm sure we're not perfectly integrated by any means, but I know that Yvonne is always trying to draw everyone together. You know that each of us can help one another, whether it's in in psychology or music or leadership or mission. And the second part, and I believe this is one of the reasons why I was asked to start a program in this, is is urban mission. People are moving to cities all over the world. Already over half of the world lives in cities. And we're expecting that to go up to about two-thirds by 2050. If we look back in the Bible, to be honest, the Acts of the Apostles were also all about urban missions. This is nothing new to God, and there's a whole lot we can learn from them, which we can apply today. And uh, the irony is, just from my personal seat here, my Ukrainian brothers told me to do this. I helped develop it. And now my mission organization has realized that urban is important. And they've asked me to help develop urban strategies for a whole mission mm. around the world. So awesome. uh, another way that you, I think Ukraine is blessing the world. <laughs> um, yeah. In addition to Jump the
0: starting your ministry.
1: example they are today. There are a lot of things happening in the world. But those two things I think are vital. I see the need both in Ukraine as well as I see more and more around the world.
0: So I'm hearing you say not just to understand the urban environment as it is, but be about the business of transformation of community, to mm-hmm. find that even in emerging societies or emerging urban contexts where, like in China, over the past 50 years, half of the major cities in the country were invented. <laughs> yep, there may have been true. a fishing village there or mm-hmm. a tributary to a river was turned into a major reservoir and industrial center. Mm-hmm. Overnight, practically. Mm-hmm. And most of the kids that are coming up this generation since back in the Tiananmen Square uprising mm-hmm. for their mm-hmm. country, 60 or 70 percent of the nation's population was born after that. And there was nothing mm-hmm. of those events that you and I remember from our schooling years. Mm-hmm. But they're all growing up in cities that were invented since they've been born. Mm-hmm. So that's a massive challenge to be able to perceive something that's beautiful here and build beauty into the systems and make people feel at home. And defining what even home is, what does it feel like to be home with God in his house? Mm -hmm. What does it feel like to go together with those from your home and go visit people in their homes and bring the blessing with you? Mm -hmm. Where is the house of blessing? Where do you find that? How do you build it? Those seem to be like big heart questions that we'll have to be mulling over and deciding, how do we go about this? What is ethical about the way we spend our money, spend our time, and places we go in order to see that happen in the generations to come?
1: As we see people moving into these cities, many of which, as you said, did not exist a short time ago, you see people kind of forming almost different cultural groups or social Mm. groups.
0: Like meta societies.
1: Right, right. So, for example, what's driven uh, missions since the first uh, Lausanne meeting in 1974 has been this idea of unreached people groups. Right. And that's been a great strategic uh, Means for us to see The people that maybe would otherwise be hidden That, that need to hear yeah. the gospel because they, they Can't because they don't speak the language The Bible's not in their language
0: And primarily that was understanding cultural Continuity or a location that Happened mm-hmm. to have its own language as defined or Evolved in that location mm-hmm. The languages themselves are almost Dislodged now from geography mm-hmm. So people's mm-hmm. ability to communicate with each other And be cultural with each other seems to be a worldwide Phenomenon mm-hmm. and there may be small all communities of them in certain countries that resonate more with communities like themselves in other countries than they do mm-hmm. with anybody else around them.
1: Mm-hmm. And so, what's happening is you see a lot of these people that maybe before we would consider unreached, moving mm-hmm. into cities, uh, often in Europe or America, places like Kiev, and mm-hmm. they're seeking jobs, they're getting education. Um, they may continue with whatever their traditional religion was, but there are opportunities to reach them with the gospel that don't exist back where yeah. they came from.
0: The melting pot has returned.
1: All of these new groups of people can now be reached if we're wise and strategic about thinking how do we reach out to them. Maybe we need that missionary who is working in Africa for many years to come to us in Kiev and start reaching out to those African hmm. people that have moved to yeah. Kiev. Other groups, uh, as I mentioned a little bit before, you have influencers, many of whom are not reached, and they. Need Need very different kinds of ministry than you do mm-hmm. to the slums, right? Uh, there are yeah. huge nuts of slums around the world that don't have the gospel and just really are lacking hope in many, many ways. And so I see these different groups in cities. Also, another, actually, you touched on the idea of people being connected all over the world. One of the groups that's probably the most connected are young people. A lot Mm -hmm. of times young people are more connected to, you know, the person they play their internet game with in China and India than they are to the older generation in their own culture. (laughs) Yeah,
0: my my sons are like that. They have friends Mm -hmm. that they feel very close to. That when they're playing, they're, one's in Scotland, one's in Mexico, they've got somebody in South Africa, and they're literally their peer group.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep, and so these are all different uh, strategic groups that need to be reached, and uh, typically in cities. And so these are things I think we need to think about uh, for the future.
0: Well, where does it go from here for you? You've got stuff you got to do. you got bigger ambitions to be helping world missions movements and help establish and rebuild, literally rebuild UETS. What do you feel like God's going to have you busy doing over the next couple of years?
1: Well, I wish I knew, uh, <laughs> but I can tell some <laughs> possibilities anyway. Uh, it feels more and more like I have less and less of an idea of what's going to happen in the next year. Well, UETS, as you said, is rebuilding. Uh, praise the Lord, that process has begun. Uh, as right now, the Russians have been pushed away, although unfortunately, there's still dangers that they might return. Yeah. And so UETS is continuing in that rebuilding. Uh, UETS is also continuing in teaching by Zoom and that's been something i participated in i've been able to teach my masters group a group of them as well as teaching some of the ukrainian students and that was really interesting just in terms of them some being in western ukraine some being in european cities in mm-hmm. very different places all over for me i'm also involved in uh, my mission uh, developing uh, urban strategies and so i see myself continuing to help them in that and if the Lord allows me, I'd love to return to Ukraine and continue in ministry there. Uh, but as long as I'm here in the States, I'll continue to try to support my colleagues uh, from here, uh, colleagues in Ukraine, and I'll be involved in helping World Venture. And I may be doing some traveling for them, too. Um, I just went to a conference for missionaries in Latin America, and now I may need to talk awesome. to the different regions as well.
0: Very good. Compassion Radio will continue to keep bringing you encouragement from the word inspiring stories from the front lines of faith and awesome opportunities to make a difference for the kingdom around the world but we need your help right now to continue doing just that please take a moment today to consider how you might help us to accomplish our unique media ministry and mission remember friends Compassion Radio is always a coalition of the willing are you willing to help get out God's good news stories of the kingdom really living the gospel in the 21st century oh I hope so Thank you, friends, for standing with Compassion Radio during these times of great change to our normal life. Of course, there's nothing normal about our situation, but there's also nothing normal about the kind of faith and power we find in Jesus. We have a very special giving opportunity for a special offering to the church in Ukraine. And I beg of you, send your best gift today to support the Christian family there. Just visit our website, CompassionRadio.com, or call our toll-free order line, 1-800-868-2478. Our mailing address is Compassion Radio, P.O. Box 77160, Corona, California, 92877. Reach out to us whatever way works for you. And now, back to our discussion. The legacy of this ministry, going back since like the mid-40s, It evolved a number of times being a music and devotional program to being newsy, more aware of what the world was doing, to become more of an activist ministry, finding ways we can actually get involved with projects. Mm -hmm. We're doing a little bit of all of that now as a ministry. We have Bible study on Mondays. We've got a world scope kind of program on Fridays and interviews like yours happening in the middle of the week. So we're kind of bringing back all of our history into one nut now. And part of that legacy, paying it forward, was getting Norm Nelson's personal theological library parsed mm-hmm. out. And Fred Human came and actually spent a number mm-hmm. of days with us going through, finding these would be the best application books for the library there in Kiev. Mm-hmm. And so we shipped over almost a thousand titles to you mm-hmm. at the time. And I know that he was dreading what was happening with the war being so close. Because, again, we remind our listeners that the theological seminary there in Ukraine that we're talking about is right at the bottom of Bucha, and Erpine mm-hmm. and those areas that were slaughtered mm-hmm. during the foil attempt to take Kiev. God's grace allowed them to actually save the buildings, but there were missiles that actually hit the buildings where the library was. Mm-hmm. And you've been getting a lot cleared out. As far as we know, the library survived. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so some of those titles might be on your list later to have to get translated into mm-hmm. Ukrainian and Russian. But for us, we obviously feel like we've got a deep attachment to what God's doing there because we gave of ourselves. I mean, this was a rich library that Norm left mm-hmm. this ministry. We just knew, and I knew, that the best place for it to be was in the hands of those who would wield it like the swords they were and take it as ammunition, spiritually speaking, to go at the world and not mm-hmm. be afraid. So we sent the books we could to you, and the other mm-hmm. five or 6,000 titles went to other seminaries mm-hmm. in Africa and other mm-hmm. parts of the world.
1: Mm-hmm. Praise the so, Lord.
0: That's great. You have one of the largest theological libraries, as far as I know, in Eastern Europe. Mm -hmm. What gems are hiding in there, and what do you think that library is going to mean to the future of ministry training and the church in that part of the world?
1: Well, I think the library has already uh, been a blessing to many people. We try to have a pretty open policy so that any, you know, local people in ministry can come in and and look Mm, at books. Uh, I'm not sure how much they can borrow, maybe a little bit. And we have a good uh, connections with a number of the other libraries from other theological seminaries, both in Ukraine and and in other countries nearby. Uh, So I think already that's been a great blessing. I know that it would be great to be able to spread it further. Uh, You may know we have a satellite campus in Central Mm -hmm. Asia. I know
0: in a stand not to be mentioned specifically.
1: Yeah, yeah, we have to be a little careful about that. But I know that uh, those brothers and sisters really do appreciate uh, all that we can do to help them. Our library becoming accessible. I I think, to be honest, making more available digitally is probably one Mm -hmm. of the big future steps. I know that our librarian, Roman, has been trying to do everything he could with that, both in terms of taking what we already have as well as connecting to other digital libraries we can partner with. And so I think it's being already a great blessing and I imagine it will continue to be. And of course, my hope and prayer is that we will get uh, peace soon in Ukraine and that uh, after the war that more and more people will be seeking God and wanting to understand all of these things and we can be a resource uh, in terms of just uh, helping them understand who they are in Christ and uh, to, to follow Christ as he would want them to.
0: That you're still standing and still communicating is an anchor for hope. You know, people hear the stories coming out of the seminary and the travels that Yvonne's doing around the country, Mm -hmm. bringing encouragement to other ministry leaders and building his own personal network of influencers. Mm -hmm. And just being able to give testament to that and send the newsletters out is greatly encouraging that the church itself is recognizing they've got to link arms big time right now. Mm -hmm. And UETS is putting themselves at the very core of that. And it gives you a lot of joy knowing that you have a certain kind of God's prestige that comes from this, that you're doing the stuff that should be done. The stuff that you know God is pleased with, and you'll become more and more of an important and essential resource for the church. That is booming there in Ukraine and flowing out of that throughout all of Asia. Silk Road issues come to mind, sending missionaries back along the Silk Road, back towards the Mm -hmm. Korea and -hmm. and China sectors. Then those are tens of millions of people we never even hear about in the States. The last thing I probably should ask you before we get out of here is we didn't talk much about the current situation on the ground and what you're hearing from your contacts there. Mm -hmm. What is really going on? What are the dangers and the fears they have right now? What are they asking us to be praying for?
1: Well, uh, as you probably know, uh, the immediate danger is gone from Kiev and a lot of the northern part of Ukraine. Right now, most of the fighting is in eastern Ukraine, and it is uh, very brutal. The Russians have been successful by essentially wiping out everything uh, so that Ukrainians yeah. couldn't even hide and then forcing right. them back. And so that, you know, it just created massive humanitarian needs. I know of many people from my school as well as other friends involved in humanitarian work, uh, helping people evacuate, bringing food and medicine to people in need, whether on the front lines or people have been evacuated. There are massive needs for housing, you know, people having to leave their homes. And so the ministry continues. It's getting, I think, a lot scarier for people in the East as well so a lot of people trying to return home to the north Mm -hmm. one other thing i should probably mention although i won't mention names uh, just for safety's sake is uh, a lot of people that are in areas that are occupied uh, by the russians Mm -hmm. are in serious danger any sign of being patriotic towards ukraine And really, any active Christian faith is viewed as suspicious. Uh, I know of one pastor who was beaten, and they were trying to get him to admit that he was connected to Americans, which uh, was pretty much ridiculous. I mean, he's friends with Americans. But, you know, he uh, endangered his life by staying there uh, once it became under Russian occupation to care for the people, you you know, many of whom couldn't leave. A very faithful brother in Christ, who at least has been released, heard he's in the hospital trying to recover But I can only imagine how many similar cases there are. And so certainly a lot of prayers for those people, some of which, you know, I I know my former pastor from Donetsk. I mean, he lived in Soviet times and he felt, you know, well, going back to that and trying to be wise and trying to care for those in need because there's so many needs, again, holistic needs. And so those are some of the other issues I think maybe that are worth mentioning.
0: Which are not just prayer requests, they are... Calls to action and calls to giving, mm-hmm. and we're trying through our uh, Serve Ukraine project that Fred mm-hmm. set up and that we're partnering with, mm-hmm. helping in any way we can, and not just the school itself, but all the places where Ukrainian refugees are landing, like in border towns of Romania.
1: Absolutely. We know this is
0: not going away anytime soon, and God willing, it will actually string out longer because that gives Ukraine more time to put the pressure on, build up their reserves and their training and their weaponry Mm -hmm. to force Russia out. Mm -hmm. That's my prayer, of course, not Mm -hmm. because I want the bad guys to lose, the good guys to win, but because I believe that the only thing that's going to provide peace and the possibility of security for the rest of the world, including us, Mm -hmm. is if bullies get stopped where they are. Mm -hmm. This is the battleground right now. Mm -hmm. Again, for our listening friends out there, understand that the line of demarcation, this battleground, this behind the enemy lines that John is talking about here is kind of like along a line going from Dallas down to Houston, that freeway, the I-45. If you can imagine the area to east of that back towards Louisiana. That size of territory is basically what's under siege right now, and the battles are being fought intermittently in that area between where the highway would be and the border of next state over. That's how big and how messed up it can be, and it's not just one or two cities we're talking about. So pray about a region. You're talking about a part of a big state like Texas is right now being bombed to dust. Mm -hmm. And the people are having to crawl out of holes, literally, to decide whether Mm -hmm. not to run or to be occupied and and ordered by Russian troops. Mm -hmm. It is not a pretty situation. And as you said, John, many of those people that are choosing to say are God's servants to Mm -hmm. pastor people that God's given them and to reach out Mm -hmm. to those who have nobody. Mm -hmm. And I do believe God builds his kingdom, especially in those kind of circumstances, the real kingdom, Mm -hmm. the one that goes to the aid and will die for another. Mm -hmm. Not to kill for another, but to die for those. Mm-hmm. Who need mm-hmm. them? What's your last word that you could give to us in America saying this is what you really, really need to understand about the conflict that's happening in Ukraine right now? Spiritually, politically, militarily, emotionally, however you want to frame it. Mm-hmm. What do you think it is that we need to really understand that's going on and that we should pay attention to when we pray?
1: This is a very important moment in history. I'm limited in what I can see and understand, but I very much echo the words that the president of my school, Ivan, has said. Today in Ukraine, everyone is his neighbor. Hmm. Um, He and so many Christians are willing to risk their lives and sometimes lose them for the sake of just helping somebody who is just being evilly and brutally attacked. So on that one side, you need to understand Ukraine is just there's so many needs and Ukraine is very brave in standing up under it, whether it's a brave soldier or a brave chaplain ministering to those that just lost their home. And there is another side, there's the side of Russia, and Mm -hmm. um, I do pray that somehow God would reach the hearts of the leaders of all of the people of Russia to understand what's really happening and to accept their guilt in what's happening. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because as you talked about before, unfortunately, truth has been brutally attacked in that country, many places around the world, but I, I don't know, I've never seen a place like what's happened in Russia. And I so much hope and pray um, for repentance, for change, Um, pray for our Christian brothers and sisters there to be able to be salt and light and make a real difference, although it is so hard. And so I guess those are some of the things I would say.
0: (laughs) And they're probably the thing to think of when you get up every morning. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, John White, professor of missiology and urban missions there at the Ukraine Evangelical Theological Seminary, and also a full-time missionary through World Venture world venture through world venture has been our guest these past couple of days i'm really glad that i had a chance to finally meet you I've, my reputation you keep getting mentioned by people that i respect highly i'm glad you're within our sphere of influence here in america for a while that i can actually reach you easier but i do pray that the day soon quickly that god can put you back where you can plug in and do your best work the best way you know you can and you've given your life to it i'm glad that god's using you and has preserved you for these days I look forward to reaching out to you again. If you stay available to me, I'd love to get updated reports. If you think of things that God's been doing that we should know about, give me a jingle, too.
1: Thank you very much. I'd be happy to.
0: It's been great talking to you.
1: Thank you. It's been great to meet you. Oh, my.
0: tend who like myself my guide and stay can be through cloud and sunshine Lord, oh, oh. friends we're focused right now on the current crisis in and around Ukraine I personally met with dozens of refugees and kingdom workers who ran to the front lines of need and have selflessly given of themselves completely, thoroughly, and as I saw to the point of indescribable exhaustion. I saw a refugee and servant alike shiver in a vicious blizzard that struck the first week of March. They were very much alike in one important way. They were absolutely determined to survive this ordeal and to redeem what their lives have become. We need to follow their example. Will you help us today? We have blankets and food to buy, tanks to fill with gas, and medicine to help them survive the days ahead. This need is not going away anytime soon. Friends, really, we need you now to step up. Please, give generously, even sacrificially, right away. I know that God will be pleased if we do. So call us today at 1-800-868-2478. Mail us at P.O. Box 77160, Corona, California, 92877. Or give online at CompassionRadio.com. We need you, friend, so contact us today.